Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is Central Texas Living with Ann Harder. Hello, I'm Ann Harder. Welcome to Central Texas Living, the podcast. Education is the key. It's the key to someone's future. And there's no brighter gem in our array array of uh, institutions of higher learning here in Central Texas than McLennan Community College. And it is such a a treat to have the president of MCC, Dr. Johnette McCallan, with us today. Welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you so much. I love to talk about MCC. I know you do. Now, you have been the president there now for 12 years where have, have those years gone? I mean, it's. I remember when you succeeded, Dr. Dennis Michaelis, and um, man, 12 years now. But you were with MCC many years before that. This has been your career, huh? Well, I've had several, I guess, but I've been here since 1989. So uh, McLennan Community College is my home. If you can boil down to uh, maybe your top three or five wonderful accomplishments you can think of or things that just really stick out in your mind over the past 12 years and that we can go back even further? Well, part of it is uh, starting the Honors College. That has to come to the forefront, a really great opportunity for our students, as well as the Presidential Scholars and uh, being there when we started the Rappaport Scholars, the First Generation and the Julia Fund. Everything I do is really about students. So the scholarships have been wonderful. And then my husband and I began the emergency fund. Uh, We did it in the name of two of our nephews who committed suicide pretty close together. And so we wanted to be able to invest in the future of students because many times there are reasons they can't get through the semester. Uh, Particularly during COVID it happened, but even before it could be a car breaks down or during COVID, many of them lost their jobs and uh, needed a little bit of help to finish the semester. So everything about students are my proudest moments. Yeah, it can it can seem overwhelming uh, at that age, you know, a problem that, you know, this is a temporary setback and, you know, for for that kind of desperation to take over a young person is, is heartbreaking. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So... Um, Let's talk a little bit about how MCC helps folks from all kinds of different walks of life. But um, you, you talk a lot about the non-traditional student. Let's spend a little time with that. Who is the non-traditional student? Well, the non-traditional student used to just be based on age. Mm-hmm. But now there are many factors that make students non-traditional. We have one student recently, Cheyenne, who graduated from the Texas Tech education cohort that's here. And she worked for years at George's, and that was a great job, but it didn't get her where she wanted to go. So now she's gone through the Texas Tech program in the University Center, which opens many opportunities for students, and she's going to be teaching school. 
So that's kind of the non-traditional student. There is a, another student, Fabian, who is a single dad, and he's in our business program. And I was so thrilled to see that he was selected as the outstanding student in his program just this last week or two. And uh, he's, he's trying it on his own. He's in our TRIO program to get some help there with tutoring and other kinds of things, and he is just wonderful. So we have all kinds of non-traditional students, many of them in our nursing program and other health professions, you know, they come back to do that. So uh, it's, uh, it's a great place to, uh, to skill and reskill and get a good job. Well, you know, I think also about the wonderful stories of students who become the first person in their family to go to college, much less to graduate with a certificate or a you know, degree of any kind. Well, and we see a lot of those students. Mm-hmm. We see quite a few of our Hispanic students. We have some undocumented students who are really making their way and heading towards citizenship, and some of them have already achieved that. But the First Generation program was created for that, and it's funded by the Rappaport Foundation. So we're very grateful for them that these students get an opportunity in the TRIO program. It's also a first-generation-based program. So uh, it's so exciting to see them uh, to really be successful. I have another one who's a new student liaison to our Board of Trustees, and her name is Nancy. And she comes from a family that don't have a lot of means. She's really smart. She's amazing. And uh, it's really been fun to watch her. Some of our students come from traditional families. Some of them come from very well-to-do families or those who are really interested in debt. Uh, There's a student, uh, Killian, who was in the top 10% of her class at Midway High School, and she was all about having a debt-free education. And now she's in our nursing program. She took some AP courses. She said the dual credit were the most helpful to her. And uh, so that's pretty exciting. In fact, we have 75 students who are going to receive their associate degree this spring before they graduate from high school at the end of May. <laughs> that just that just amazes me. Talk about smart kids. <laughs> these mm. are these are some smart young people who have taken the opportunity to be able to get those what can be very expensive at a four-year college, get those credits behind them and then be able to to go on. And as you say, the the goal to be able to graduate from college debt-free, that's just, that's unusual. (laughs) You know, because there there are a lot of people, you know, in their 30s and 40s that are are just looking at this huge amount of debt, and it's keeping them from buying houses and maybe starting families and doing things that, that people would do at that stage in life because they're saddled with this huge education debt. Well, and see, we have a lot of good scholarships. We have the top 10% in our county who go to school free. If they're in the dual credit program, then if they're on free and reduced lunch, they don't pay anything. Really? And if they have to pay, they pay 40% less because we're so committed to helping students get through high school and then finish their degrees with us. So there are many uh, great scholarships that we have, and then we have great transfer scholarships to Texas Tech and to Tarleton, but you may not want to go there. 
we have many great students who go right over to Baylor. Mm-hmm. Some that go, to, some go to Lubbock or to Stephenville with those two schools. Uh, UNT. I had another student the other day. I saw that just finished from UNT. She took a little time here and then she went there. We have quite a few students who go to Texas A&M. So we have students and Texas State. That's one of our big partners. Mm-hmm. So, well, the. From my own personal experience with my kiddos, my uh, firstborn, he's 41 now, and uh, he he said he was going to go to MCC, take everything he could take to then transfer to Baylor, which he did. And I promise you, writing those checks to MCC, that was like going to the grocery store <laughs> compared to the Baylor, <laughs> the Baylor tuition. Um, and middle son went took classes at MCC, and our youngest finished through Tarleton. He finished his undergraduate degree uh, just this December a year ago. So, I mean, this it, it has made these opportunities and for my own sons, you know, for their education so that they don't end up with huge debt. Well, and another thing they talk about, and Killian talked about it a little bit too, is that you have smaller classes, and you get to know your faculty, mm-hmm. and that's really huge. And we have incredible faculty. Uh, I had a, another student, Ethan, who went to A and M, and he said, "My my friends, they had several hundred in some of their freshman classes, and my professor knows who I am." And that was a big deal for him. And so, different strokes for different folks, and some should go immediately there. Right, but many yeah. of them. I can come here first. There's a young lady, Margaret, I talked to last week, and she came here from Plains, and she said her family believed in going to community college first. Mm -hmm. She has a brother at Baylor. She knows that's where she's going, but she knows it's an economic boon to do that. So we love those stories, and we have such smart students, I will tell you. Uh, They're all learning. Well, and, you know, again, these high schoolers who say, you know, I can get some of this out of the way early, it, it just amazes me that they're, that they're coming out with a two-year degree in some cases. Is that right? Yes, they have, a, they have an associate degree, and if you look at the literature, if they finish an associate degree first, mm-hmm. uh, then you know you have something. Right. And uh, if you don't finish then you're not going to earn as much money. Uh, Killian would say, and again, I refer to her a lot. Some of you may know her. Her uh, father-in-law was Adam Hutchinson, who used to be provost at TSTC. Oh, yeah. And uh, Killian is uh, just amazing. And she said she felt like the dual credit prepared her better for uh, college because you learn the kinds of things you need there. And for sure, you're going to get credit. When you get your core courses at MCC, and that's what we mostly teach in the mm-hmm. high schools, you can go to any public university in Texas and know you're going to get course credit. When you take AP, then you've got to pass the test, and then they may not, not all of them may take it anyway. So we really. Interesting. Yeah. Know, yeah. We're big so believers. they're not interchangeable, the no, AP and that's. You, if you pass the test, mm-hmm. you can get credit if you have a certain score. And uh, even if you get credit, say, with us at MCC, it doesn't mean a university might think the score is high enough. So I'm a real advocate of dual credit because I see the results. Uh, And I'm a real proponent of the associate degree. And this has been a long time ago after I finished my master's when I was at Paris Junior College. I took some computer courses and accounting courses, and I transferred those courses uh, from Louisiana College, where I went to school, back to Paris Junior College because I wanted an associate degree. I think it's important. Good. 
<laughs> kudos, kudos to you for uh, for doing that. Um, the COVID. <laughs> Let's mm-hmm. talk a little bit about what kind of impact that has had on your both your students and your faculty administration. Just the, you know the running of the university. Well, enrollment wise, it's been a big hit not only for us, but for community colleges across the nation. Mm -hmm. We took the biggest hit because students were less reluctant to come and that kind of thing. We were more prepared than some because we already had a lot of expertise in online. So that week of spring break, uh, the faculty who weren't prepared were getting prepared. And so they did a wonderful job. Our Center for Teaching and Learning did a wonderful job. Some of you know uh, Stacy Taylor's over that general area and Richard Leslie and uh, different people, uh, Kayla Willis. They really were helpful. So our faculty were more prepared than many. So we did a good job with those who came. A lot, a lot didn't come. But uh, we were prepared to do everything online. We actually learned to be better. A lot of students like being advised online. They have control over their time. We found that the hybrid courses the students like because they come Mm -hmm. to class some and they can do things on their own. Counseling went online, and students like that. And we have found across the nation that the mental health of our students has been challenging. Uh, That's been a really hard thing. You know, they had a lot of things to deal with. Many of them lost their jobs. They had to worry about That's why some of them didn't come. Then we had SNOVID. And uh, oh some of the students have said, what's going to be happening next? Yeah. But they've been resilient, and those who came have done well. Uh, we were fortunate to have Frank Patterson leading us on our emergency uh, training and the things we did. We have opened our doors to be part of the community because we are a community college. We've done testing. We're still doing testing on campus. Mm-hmm. We did vaccinations for our uh our employees, and some other people in the community to make sure we used up all of the, uh, the, the vaccine. And we had TSTC. We partnered with them and some school districts for that. Our uh, LVN students, our medical assistants, and our ADN students, they volunteered uh, with the health district and some with Providence, I think. And then they also were the ones who gave the shots on campus. So we've been all in. We've loaned everything to the hospitals initially. PPE, we even loan hospital beds, ventilators. Because you have a lot of that through yeah, your we've, courses we've you teach there. We decided that our first priority was our community. Mm-hmm. So everything we could do to be helpful, that's what we wanted to do. And we're slowly, you know, coming back like everybody else. We, uh, It's exciting to see what we've learned and how we've used the opportunities uh, from what wasn't a good situation. Yeah, maybe changes that are for the better. Right. As a result. Mm-hmm. Well, Dr. Janet McCowan, president of MCC, is with us. And when we come back, we're going to delve a little bit more into some things that are happening there on campus. Stay with us. Are you building a new business while managing a family? Are you tired of trying to balance home and work and everything seems to be coming up short? Then there's a podcast made just for you. Baking Your Business from Scratch is where we create the perfect recipe for building a successful business while managing your home and family with love. Come join us and see for yourself. Back with Dr. Janet McCowan, who is president of MCC, been uh, leading the ship there for the past 12 years. And uh, it's a delight to get to pick your brain a little bit about, let's, let's talk about some trends that 
uh, you're seeing in higher education? Uh, are there good ones and, and bad ones? Well, I, th- I think there could be good and bad, but, but basically our responsibility is to train our students for jobs and to do better, you know, and to have uh, be able to support their families. So that's exciting. It's exciting to what we're doing with uh, groups like Prosper Waco and others to make sure what can we do to make sure that students are successful. Um, it's harder financially all the time. You know, with our sources of funds, students pay about 45% and only about 21% from the state. used to be uh, 80% from the state years ago. So uh, we just, you know, we kind of have to work with that the way we can. But the trends in higher education are people want us to be accountable, and we should. We should be preparing students for the real world and for jobs and that kind of thing. So that's different. People are concerned about uh, being debt-free, mm-hmm. and that we're always a good alternative for Absolutely. that. Absolutely. But nationally, that's what we're hearing students say that, mm-hmm. that, uh, that that's what they want. So uh, it's an interesting time. Uh, for all of those reasons. But technology is so important, and you have to do it, and you have to do it very well. Uh, so there are many uh, interesting things happening these days. Yeah, we were talking about the nursing aspect with relate, how it relates to uh, to COVID and how, as a community, we've had to you know, respond to this uh, pandemic. Um, but, you know, when I think of MCC, I do. I think so much of the way you train these uh, young nurses. So let's talk a little bit about that. Where do you see that program going? How do you see it changing or maybe expanding? Well, one thing that's uh, happened over the years is that there's more of a requirement for a Bachelor of Science in nursing. So we're still training LVNs and we're training that the ADNs but pretty much they have to know that they have to finish a four-year degree. Some community colleges are offering four-year degrees, primarily in things like nursing and workforce. So far, we have a great partnership with both Tarleton and Tech and their opportunities, so that's the way we're going with that. But now we see students taking their academics before they ever enter the nursing program. Mm -hmm. We are hopeful over time to expand that and to be able to add more in that program and our other health professions. We want to do it very well. Our nursing program is doing very well. They have about a 93% pass rate now. You know, we had a little blip a few years ago, and uh, we've only enhanced everything we're doing, and so we're excited about it. Yeah, um, I've always heard it's kind of hard to get into a nursing program. It is. It is. It's very competitive. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, our faculty are doing a great job. And, you know, again, I'd like to add more, and maybe we will at some point. We'll be looking at that. But we want to make sure that we do everything very well before we expand too much more. Of course, MCC, I, you know, my involvement has been through your arts and with the, the wonderful productions that your uh, your music students put on just the the quality of the uh, music program there at MCC very familiar with many of the uh, teachers there and uh, let's talk a little bit about that you know it's very interesting you bring that up because one of the groups I had this past year during COVID was a student advisory committee, and I had one of our music students. Mm -hmm. It's been really hard to do that remotely. We've had more and more opportunities, and we've had many productions, and they're really doing an amazing job. Last night, I was at a vocal tech concert 
And I saw all these young ladies, and I said, well, they look kind of like maybe Baylor students. It was our dance team. Really? And <laughs> our dance team was there because one of the members was singing in the voc- as a vocalist. So that was really kind of fun. Yeah. But the theater department, you know, we've we've uh, we've evolved in what we can do, and we're doing more all the time now with testing. They don't have to perform with their mic with their mask on, that kind of thing. That's good. But we have got amazing professionals, and uh, what they've been able to accomplish, I just can't believe it. Because I will tell you, working remotely and then hybrid and all those kind of things, it's been uh, it's been very difficult for them, and they've really performed well. Yeah, well, just to not be able to have the concerts and have the opportunities to perform over this past year, but but that is changing. It is, and mm-hmm. we can have, uh, all along we could have a few people, but it seemed kind of odd yeah. that, you know, to have a big auditorium and you have 60 <laughs> people in it. A uh, few people here and there. And I know, yeah. but that's, uh, it's been, it's been really, uh, it's been amazing what we've been, what they've been able to accomplish. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, well, these student stories are the best. I know you, you had uh, told me that uh, one of the one of the music students has been accepted to Belmont, right in uh, Nashville, and I mean that is primo. That is that's a big deal to get into that music program. Well, it is, and that's what that we tells want. you the quality of the student. Well, it, it they're does. at MCC. Yeah, it is, and and they have to have a pathway somewhere. You know, we don't want it to stop. Uh, some people know Lexi Garza. She was a former presidential scholar of mine, and she's been performing. And it's been, I've been watching her on Facebook, and so it's been hard to get back from her, but what a talented young yeah, lady. Yeah, I had her on Central Texas Living. I had Did her you? on the show, yeah. That's great. Yeah. She's, she's a wonderful young lady. Mm, yeah, some some great performers. Well, I had the opportunity to be on campus not too long ago as uh, the wonderful Alice Starr was uh, honored with um, a plaza <laughs> in her name. I think the naming opportunities, are there a lot of them there at, uh, at MCC? This is just a wonderful tribute to a wonderful community leader. Well, this is, we don't do too much of that, really. Yeah, I mean, we I didn't think a, so. We have a naming policy, and there's a financial commitment. Uh, the first two we had were the presidents, Dr. Ball and Dr. Michaelis, and there's right. a policy that if you are president at least 20 years and you've made some significant contributions. So you've got a little ways to go yet. <laughs> I, I don't think I'm going to make that, no. I'm not planning <laughs> oh, that. Oh, I bet you do. No, I don't know about that. But, uh, no, not for me. But we have, uh, so uh, Judge Starr wanted to honor Alice. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he made this arrangement for her. And uh, so and it, it surprised her, I think. Yeah, it, it, when he first came up with it, she wasn't all fond of that deal. She's kind of, she doesn't like to be, right. you know, she doesn't like to be recognized too much. She told us the sign was too big, you know, and we oh. made it a little smaller, and she still thinks, you know, she just doesn't <laughs> like to attract it's, attention it's, to it's herself. It's beautiful, yeah. It is, and it was a lovely event, and we had so many people there. You just never know mm-hmm. when you do something like that. And as a result of that, uh, They've been very generous to the presidential scholars, Judge and Alice have, and when we've gone to D.C. on a political science trip, they've taken us to the Supreme Court. And, oh, they and know in, all the places to go. Well, they do, and they introduced <laughs> us to the Chief Justice, Justice and another one of the Justices. So that was wonderful, and so we had quite a few scholars there. And as a result of that day, I had two new presidential scholarships. And so not only were they uh, giving to us generously, but we have two new scholarships just because of that event. So that's uh, that's kind of exciting. Well, it's it's wonderful. And uh, the students, we've had an opportunity to hear from some of them. And uh, 
just the impact that MCC has had on their educational careers, which and then they're planning to go on to, to a, f- complete a four-year degree. And it's just it's wonderful what MCC has yeah. done. And, and, uh, and, of course, Dennis Michaelis, wonderful president there at MCC, and you have just succeeded him so beautifully. And uh, any big surprise in the 12 years you've been there that you went, oh, I wish Dennis had told me this? Well, Dennis did tell me some things. <laughs> and one of the things he told me, he said, sitting in the big chair is not what you think it is, <laughs> you know, because I was doing a lot of operations before. Sure, so, yeah, uh, absolutely. I think part of it is that it's somewhat of a political is not a word I like to use because I'm not a politician, but yet when you're balancing, uh, balancing your staff, you're balancing the legislature, you're balancing the community, you're balancing the students in particular. So trying to make sure that everybody's honored in the right way uh, takes a lot more time in relationship building. Uh, and I like doing that, but that's important because everybody can't have what they want. Some mm-hmm. students aren't happy at times, you know, but uh, we just have to do the best for our community and our students and our employees. And you have done that so beautifully, Dr. McCow. I'd like to end these visits with a little questionnaire. It's similar to the one the late, great James Lipton would use on Inside the Actor's Studio. Does that ring a bell? Uh, yes, no, maybe not. All right. So just... Just kind of random questions. What is your favorite word? Joy. Okay. Your least favorite word? That's harder to say, I guess. Uh, I really don't know what that would be unless it would be... uh, I I really don't know. I hadn't thought about that or, you know, I would... uh, I just can't have to be several words I guess okay but well that's fine maybe a phrase uh can't do it yeah that's a lot of people have responded that way yeah. there's the negativity of not even trying mm-hmm. <laughs> you know um what turns you on creatively spiritually emotionally well for me uh part of it of course is listening to sermons and faith and reading my Bible and that kind of thing, and also seeing students be successful and seeing them pull through hard times. And uh, I'm thinking of uh, one person in particular this this spring who had a hard time and ended up in the emergency room with anxiety, and that kind of that kind of hurts you. And then it it also thinking about one of the students who just graduated from another university recently and she went through a hard time and talked about the mental health of students when she was here and how much counseling is so when you see them when you see the students uh, get a hold and know that they're going to make it after struggling it's exciting one student I remember her last semester and some family issues were really uh, bringing her down and I told her she had to forget about that that she was too close to being a nurse and she had to she had to get there, and she did, and she's been very successful, and uh, it's exciting to see it when they overcome obstacles. Yeah, that word of encouragement means so much. Then what turns you off creatively or spiritually or emotionally? I think uh, people that are negative and assume the worst, you know, people that, that uh, aren't willing to collaborate and build relationships and it's their way or no way. I think there's always room for discussion 
and we may not agree, but we have to be able to uh, come together and give each other an opportunity. Now, talk about things, debate things. I mean, we've kind of become a a culture where you can't debate. You know, it's it's kind of crazy. Uh, what sound do you love the most? I really love the sound of music from my students. I was just going to guess. That was what you were going to say. I thought, I bet she loves hearing those kids perform. Well, like last night, hearing them perform and with what they've been through, performing so well. Yeah. And the country music band the other night, it was amazing. And I thought, I think that person's going to be working somewhere one Mm -hmm. of these days. That's right. Or uh, hearing the uh, community band, I love to hear them. Or our wind ensemble, they're so, uh, it's just amazing. Yes, uh, MCC has has provided a home for Waco Community Band for many, many years, performed there at Ball Performing Arts. Um, What sound do you not like? Hmm. Well, I, you know, those are hard questions for me. (laughs) Uh, I, I don't know, I guess, I don't know what sound would be unless it's just hearing somebody say no or you know, being defeated or mm-hmm. uh, that kind of thing, those kind of sounds. What other profession would you have liked to try <laughs> if you weren't going to be a MCC president? Well, I thought I wanted to be a librarian one time, but that didn't work out. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think I could uh, I think I could be a, a speech editor. I love uh, my bachelor's is in English, and I love to do those kind mm-hmm. of things. Good. So I, I could see that. What profession do you know you would not want to do? I do not want to be a salesperson. Now, I can sell education, yes, but other do. kind of things, I just, you know, trying to convince people to buy something, that'd be hard for me. <laughs> they weren't thinking they wanted to buy. <laughs> I got you there. And finally, what do you want to hear God say as you arrive at the pearly gates? I think uh, job well done. Job well done that I've, that I've represented my Christ will. Dr. Jonette McCowan, thanks so much for being with us. All the best to uh, to you and the work at MCC. It's just a it is a gem here in Central Texas, and we appreciate you and, and MCC so much. Central Texas Living is part of the Rogue Media Network family. Be sure to check out their other shows at RogueMediaNetwork.com. Please rate us five stars on iTunes and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Join us again soon for more Central Texas Living, the podcast. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.